Hello, you guys. Welcome to We're Potting This Together. You know, this is the podcast where we guide you through all of your favorite or not so favorite Disney Channel movies. Thanks for listening today, you guys. I'm Josh. I'm Lori. I'm Sammy. And it's so exciting to think that some of you are following along and watching these movies with us, or at least listening along with us. It's so fun to be able to relive some of these memories and share them all with you guys. So there's no better movie to do that with than The Color of Friendship. Um, So what is The Color of Friendship about? It is about a white South African girl finds herself in a difficult situation when she is sent to spend a term with a black family in America. And again, I feel like it's kind of a deceptive summary. IMDb summaries are not great. No, that's... Finds herself in a difficult situation. I just... She asked for it. Yeah, it's not like... Mm, we'll get into it. <laughs> so, have either of you guys seen this movie before? I had not, which is surprising because it seems like something that we would have watched in school. Uh, we... I for sure did watch it in school. Yeah, we watched it in school, too. I watched it outside of school. I... It was on the Disney Channel. And I guess that's it's all been... I watched taken out of the rotation which i don't know is just because it's kind of serious like it's not hey let's watch a fun disney channel movie this saturday morning sort of flick yeah the stream i was watching had uh an ad for like monsters inc at the end and i was like uh yeah the one i was watching had kim possible ads at the bottom which was kind of maybe maybe don't put commercials on this one are there any other disney channel original movies that are like this that are like more serious tone. Mm. I mean, I guess there are a few like. True Confessions is pretty serious. That's the one that I was thinking of. Uh huh. So, not knowing what this was about going into it was like the beginning. I was prepared to dislike it in a typical man, this is a horrible Disney Channel movie. And yes. I felt kind of guilty for that, even though there is no place for that because I there's no way to expect this going into a DCOM. I. When we watched it in school, it must have been like junior high or something where I was still pretty young because I don't remember a lot of this and I don't remember it being so serious. Like, I remember we had to watch it. I remember the teacher liked it, but I didn't fully understand like everything that was kind of going on there. I feel like for kids, since, well, especially since Mari has an accent and stuff, it's kind of easy as a kid, like, countries aren't just different places they're different worlds so if you'd see something like oh that's a bad thing that's happening especially something like this it'd be easy to discount it or not really understand how real it is yeah because we are living in this at least where i grew up it felt like everything we weren't going through any of that you know it, it felt very far away in time and in in location yeah this was set in the late 70s it wasn't like I mean, we had Xenon that was set in the future, or in space at least. I don't know how, like, the not-too-distant future. So this movie was based on a real-life short story by the real-life Piper Dellums. Um, it was called, I'm going to not do this right, Simunye, which means we are one. After Mari, who in real life was named Carrie, went back to South Africa, um, Piper had never heard from her again. She, Her best guess is that now that she was enlightened with this anti-racist behavior, she either went off the grid or was killed. So this movie's real. It's a, it's definitely a, a change in tone from 
the previous movies. The real Eric Dellums, the son of the congressman Ron Dellums, was in a cameo in this movie, and I didn't. I just saw that listed. I didn't see who he was. Um, also, this movie won an Emmy. Yeah, Ooh. which Pretty I big don't. Deal. Th- I don't think any other DCOMs have won Emmys. At least not any previous ones. I would for sure say none of the previous ones, at least, have gotten Emmys. I this movie like right away starts like messing with your kind of perception it starts with piper really wants to get an exchange student from africa i i thought it was odd though that piper being raised by the the parents that she was raised by i would think they would have educated her a little more on um african politics especially south africa considering her dad was an anti-apartheid activist I would think maybe today that would be true, but this would be in the mid to late 70s and she was a girl. I feel like that might have something to do with it. Like dad just kind of kept her separate from stuff, especially since she was like 12 or 13. I think they just got dead set on their idea of what that would be. Like they projected it. realizing. Yeah, but I thought it was weird because what were they expecting? Like, I don't think, you know, a girl from the village who is struggling to survive in that country is going to be able to go on an expensive exchange program. The non-white people in South Africa needed passes to travel amongst their own cities Mm -hmm. and their own neighborhoods and stuff. So I don't understand why the parents thought that their government would allow a not-white person to even leave the country. I feel like that would be kind of a hard thing to do at that time, especially for air travel. Um, Yeah, dad caves. Dad doesn't like the idea at first, and he's like, if we get this kid, this is your responsibility. He says it to the mom. This, I'm not babysitting. You have to take care of it. I get That's a very man thing to say. Um, so we that's our first glimpse of the family in the U.S., but then we get to see the family in South Africa. Mari is eating dinner with her mom and dad, or mom and brother, and she's begging mom to ask dad. And she's basically like, do you know what? You don't even have to ask him. If you're into it and you tell him that you want me to go, he'll just let me go. Um, so dad enters in and he's a policeman who's very excited because they had caught the black terrorist, Steve Biko, who was a real person like the rest of the folks in this movie. And he is very, very happy that this person was caught. But we don't really get background for what this person is. Kind of see it from Marie's standpoint where her dad's like, yeah, we caught a terrorist who was causing all these problems. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah, a terrorist. That's good that he was caught. Well, and Josh, you mentioned that as a kid, you didn't really get how, like, this movie would have taken, this aired in 2000, so before September 11th, and... I don't think the word terrorist was kind of in our lexicon at that point, Mm-mm. especially as kids. Yeah. So I think that may have had a little bit to do with it as well. Where it's yeah. pre-9-11, the stuff in this movie didn't seem like things that were relevant to the United States specifically. Yeah, we felt, it maybe felt like we were living in something that was untouchable in mm-hmm. that way. It gets real, really fast and... 
Uh, and a lot, even watching this in 2017, I was taken back at the thought of this being on the Disney Channel. And like we mentioned previously, yeah. like there's like Kim Possible ads and stuff on the bottom that's still reminding you that it's on the Disney Channel and that it's something that's genuinely, I mean, we usually have like Brink and Xenon and then this happens. So a server, a black server is coming through and spills something and you're expecting just kind of internally you know, them to help him up or to kind of be like, oh no, this sucks sort of thing. Instead, one of the white men kick the black server and yell at him, which, oh my god. Yeah, it was intense. I wasn't expecting it, that to happen. Marie goes back to their house and she's talking to Flora, which is like their maid, uh, their live-in servant person. It's hard to tell what they exactly consider her. But obviously this is someone that Marie has grown up with and kind of trusts, although she does treat her differently. Yeah, um, Marie's little brother caught a little weaver bird, and he's pretty excited about it but can't figure out what it eats. And at this point, Flora tells him a story about how back in their her home village, they had some of these, but they didn't keep them in cages. They were free, which is kind of symbolic. A little heavy-handed, but this is the Disney Channel, so... <laughs> Flora is like, hey, like, I hope you get to go to the U.S. You'll Maybe you'll learn something. Maybe you can keep your eyes open. Dellums go to the airport to pick up Marie from the airport, and they're waiting for their little not-white person. So they kind of, there's a, a black woman that gets off the airplane, and they're like, hey, no, okay, not you. Uh, what? No, not you. And then they end up going up to the flight attendant who... Points are out, and then Marie walks up to them and gives them one of her bags and says, I have two more. I'll point them out to you. And it's just... Everybody everybody involved reacted poorly in this situation. It was all around not great. I like how later the mom points out that, yeah, Marie was being atrocious in this situation, but she's also like, hey, we had misconceptions as well. Like, we Mm -hmm. weren't perfect here. Uh, she, uh, yeah, Mary's adamant on meeting the congressman. She's like, I don't know who these two black people are, but, like, I need to meet the congressman now. <laughs> um, Which wa- is why the next scene is so amazing. Oh, my gosh. So they get there, and we have Congressman Dellum and all the staff people, most of which are not white. And Marie walks in and starts, and they're like, okay, well, this is the this is the congressman. Yo, and she's like, you gotta be kidding, right? And starts, like, laughing, and everybody in the room just goes, like, dead silent and just stares at her. Like, it makes sense that they would. This is horrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's a poor reaction, but also understandable, considering where she comes from. I like how this movie, I mean, there's kind of tension between the mom and the dad, because once the Dellums get back home and the mom and dad are talking, the dad's like, we can, I, this is against everything I stand for, we can't have a racist living with us, but the mom is like, she's a child, she didn't get to choose where she's grown up, she didn't get to choose, I mean, they have censorship like no other there, she hasn't gotten free access to media or art or anything, so it's not. The worst thing you could do is push someone like that away yeah that yeah. that just would confirm everything that she's yeah. been versus let's show her that we're normal people that we're kind that we're smart let's let her know that we're human yeah i really love it's, the it takes oh sorry go uh, i was just gonna say i really love the mom's approach of 
you you can have a racist in your home and you can try to show them how they're wrong or you can tell them you're wrong and get out of my house and the mom was like i'm going i'm going to show her like she's a child she's like she's still learning and so she's going to be open to these new conceptions and maybe if it was an adult even if it's an adult like we can learn from that you know there's we're going to encounter in our everyday lives people who are close-minded and bigoted and you can yell at them and tell them they're awful or you can try to show them like there are people of all shapes and sizes and colors and beliefs and just try to show them that those are people too i really like how this movie shows both sides and they they kind of make it clear that both sides have to let down their guard a little so marie is like you know what i'm gonna try to make this work like as best as i can even it's if it's just a bet for her dad and the dellums family was like hey we're gonna make this work the best that we can so Mari gets to their house and she, after, after a crazy display from their little brothers with their <laughs> kazoos and more drums and everything, Marie runs up to a room and locks herself in it. And my first thought was like, wow, that's, it's a, that's a little too far. Like, you know, th that's being really extreme. But to be fair, she's an exchange student. So not only is she living with a completely different family, who happens to be black she's in a completely different country thousands of miles away from everything africa is a pretty big continent filled with many many countries so the fact that that family was like hey she's from africa and even one of them mentioned um like one of the family's friends mentioned yeah there's a bunch of different languages spoken by the different villages and stuff so for them to assume a language and to assume a type of music etc they, even if she weren't white, that probably would have been the wrong assumption anyway. And terrifying yeah. to walk into. Like, you don't want a surprise party when you're in a new country and going to a new home. It seemed odd, though. The uh, There's a kid, a friend, family friend, I guess, from Nigeria. And it seemed odd to me that he was like, this seems the right way to greet a South African, knowing full well that she's not Nigerian. <laughs> They had him as, like, the token Africa expert, and sometimes he dropped, like, the truth, and other times it was just like, yes, he's just a token. He's not fully fleshed out. He thinks this is a good idea. I feel like if this was a real depiction of what happened, he would be like, guys, she's not Nigerian. Yeah. <laughs> Completely different. <laughs> this movie was clearly made for children and it was made with a specific purpose and I feel like racism in America versus racism in South Africa at the time it's a very complex issue and they're boiling it down to a very simplified version to be digestible by children mm -hmm. and so it, it makes sense that they didn't really get into um, that America is is Still, it has a way to go. And they did say it, like you said, they mentioned it when they were going through the ghetto, but it wasn't, I feel like it could have been better, but it's clear that for the audience that they were going for, it it's not the story they were trying to tell. They were, they left things out maybe purposefully. Mm -hmm. Marie's out of the room and... <laughs> 
she goes down for breakfast and the mom's oh, sitting there and she lists off like three minutes worth of breakfast items where it's like i've never eaten that much breakfast in my life including some of the made-up foods i assume and she's like if you don't like if you don't have any sausage i'll take bacon as well and the mom just like the look she gives her oh. is Mm-mm-mm. While you're here, you're part of this family. That means you will eat with and what our family eats. So that means you get sugar hoops today. And she just, like, walks oh out. Oh, my God. Sugar hoops. Okay. She, like, dropped the this... mic. It was beautiful. <laughs> I love this part. Not really for the sugar hoops. But because everyone left the room. And they're like, ooh, ooh look out. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was expecting the mom to, like, tear her apart i was like, expecting the mom to like yell at her to like you know this is how things work but instead she was like hey while you're here i'll consider you part of the family and you can you know i'll treat you like you're a member of the family and that was it the mom is just she's such a rock she's like the foundation of this movie she's incredible i like i worship her she's amazing and she's not unbelievable either. She's she's like real in a very like bound to actual reality sort of way. They drive through the ghetto to get to the mall and um there's like a, a window washer who stops to wash their window and terrifies Mari. And she kind of explains very nonchalantly to the rest of the car how it how it works in south africa that they have these passes that have to list like the names and the occupations of all of the the black people in south africa and it's horrifying to piper who has zero experience with that sort of lifestyle um and mari's just like oh it's just how it is and it's for their protect and this is where you see where she was raised with a particular mindset where she's like it's for their protection and it's she sees nothing wrong with it. And I really like how the family, even though they were uncomfortable, especially when Mari jumped at this other black man coming towards their car, the family kind of stuck it out. They're like, we're willing to put up with the uncomfortable feeling of having this little racist white girl in our car um, to like teach her something and to, to show her that, you know, we're also people. So they get to the mall. Guys, that mall. <laughs> uh... Did any of you notice the sign that was like, it was a gap sign? It was clearly a gap sign, but there was no A. So it was just G, P. <laughs> I didn't I notice. Um, they have a really beautiful, like, bonding montage where they're just trying on clothes and being silly, being little 14-year-old girls. And it's really cute. It's funny because, like, as an adult, sometimes I'll get excited to go to the mall and then go and then realize I don't care about the mall. And I think part (laughs) of it's because I remember stuff like this from, like, middle school and stuff where you go with your friends and it's just like, we can go to all the stores because you don't have a car at that point, especially. So having, like, multiple options in one location is the dream. Now, when you're an adult, you're like, trying on clothes sucks. It's, like, hard. You get sweaty. Uh, You get stuck in dresses. into your... Yeah, you get stuck in things. There's people, like, trying to walk into your changing room, and you're like, whoa. And there's no doors anymore. They're all, like, these flimsy curtains. And you're like, I don't trust this little curtain. But they had fun. That's all that matters. Uh, so this is the scene where they're at the ice cream shop. and Mari kind of had, like, a, a physical reaction to watching 
this all go down like because you know she flashes back to the scene at the beginning of the movie where the server gets like hit and uh she like she sits there at the table and she's like please don't hit him please don't hit him and it's like it's real so after this after this marie and piper go to school and there's this whole situation where they're like discussing that like i'm gonna be going to your school and mm-hmm. I get what they were trying to – it seemed like that she was asking questions that given the context, she would have – like this one especially, she would have known that the U.S. isn't segregated. So, of course, they'd be going to the same school. So, I feel like that one was – there was a lot of heavy-handed moments, but I feel like this was one of the ones that really stood out to me where she was like just in shock that they'd be going to the same school. Yeah, yeah. she's pretty – her naivety is showing – but this is as it does in the next part. Yeah, this is the scene where they're. Um, I think Mari uses the word Bantu, which means black mm-hmm. in South Africa, and Piper's just asking her like what that means, and she asks her, "Is that the N word?" And they drop it, the real N word. And I was mm-hmm. like, shocking on Disney Channel. Um, but Mari's like, no, 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 like this other word. I forget the word is the n-word there and i would never call you that which i think this is a a nice moment because it's just these two girls who are friends talking Mm -hmm. about yeah this is where i live they call people this these are the names like how else were they supposed to have this conversation it was kind of an uncomfortable scene but i think it was handled very well it was handled very well and i think like of all the situations in which the N-word could be dropped on the Disney Channel. <laughs> this was, like, this was really prime. It was it was good, and it was very, it was educational while not being, like, you know, after-school special. It felt, it felt really real that how I imagine two 14-year-olds would have this conversation in the real world. I've been trying to think of these Disney movies as, like, just different movies that they're making. But when you try to think of it in order from, like, the first few, and they're, like, building up, are they learning things? Are they, like, trying different things? Is there a system to this? Or, like, like did they get to High School Musical because <laughs> they knew so much about making movies? Or was it just, like, completely random success? I feel like it's random. They don't have the same production. They don't have the same writers. They don't have the same directors. So each time they're doing this, it seems like it's just somebody had, like, it's it's so fragmented. I don't know that there's a consistent real thread that goes through them. But I would say that now it feels like they have a formula to them. But yeah, they they all feel very just, they feel reminiscent of High School Musical more than they do mm-hmm. the other Disney Channel movies. Anyway, we got a little off topic there. (laughs) Yeah. So, the first day of school. Mari is lost. (laughs) I love the music cues in this scene. Like, she has to get in a line because she's a transfer exchange. I like how the teacher specifies that lines for exchange students and transfers as if, like, there's, like, how many exchange students does the school have? I think we had two at my high school that I was aware of at least. It's a public high school in Washington, D.C., it's true. That's true. Okay. More people are going there than to Nebraska. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably. So yeah, the music cues in this were great. Like, there's this really, really serious, ominous music happening. And then a kid, a black kid bumps into her and she, he drops, or she bumps into him and he drops his books. And it's just almost like 
the music stops and it, like a record scratch would have been perfect here almost because like they just stare at each other until Carrie comes up and she's like, don't mind him. He's a football player, which was kind of weird to me because the whole movie's about like, we're all the same. We're all people unless you're a jock. <laughs> I think there's like another friendship montage where oh, okay. they like yeah. they ride bikes and get hot dogs and hold hands and roller skate. And... <laughs> she So they all come home from school. And they're, like, having a pretty good day. And they kind of see that guy at the waiting outside. Yeah. It's one of the, like, South African ambassadors or something like that. Is, uh, they come to take her away. That is mm-hmm. Mari. And she doesn't want to go. It's really scary. Like, nobody's explaining everything, anything to anybody. Uh, they just tell, they tell Mari that Steve Biko killed himself and she needs to come home i i guess because the there's very sensitive international relations going on with this uh with the death it's very terrifying it's scary she doesn't know what's happening piper doesn't know what's happening uh mr dellums is like uh i'm gonna try to fix this but this may be out of my hands Marie gets taken away then to the South African embassy and she's not really told anything except that she's going to be on a flight home tomorrow. Uh, you know, when they took her away from the family, I kind of got the feeling that they were suspicious that the family might try to do something to her. Yeah, they specifically said, like, are they treating you okay? And just the tone of their voice, they never said specifically, like, are these black people trying yeah. to hurt you but it was it was it was implied when they said these people like that's Mm -hmm. never a good thing yeah but uh congressman dullum shows up and saves the day he convinces uh, convinces them it would be a public relations nightmare to take her away and (laughs) kidnap her yeah here it's revealed that steve bigo did not kill himself as the south african media was trying to imply but that he was killed or even not directly but it was because of police brutality mm-hmm. that led to complications that he died which is true that's what happened to him yeah, yeah. they were saying he was on a hunger strike or something mm-hmm. and so yeah she's getting these two very different sides of the story but even though she gets to go back to the Dellum's house she's like oh like you know whatever why does everyone care about him what does it matter there's a fight between Mari and Piper about um, how black people are treated in South Africa. Um, we get a scene from Piper's friend before, like right before Marie gets back. That's like, has she invited you to come hang out at her house? Has she this? Has she that? And I, it's they kind of go back on forth, back and forth about how where it seems like. Piper almost, I mean, I guess she's younger and she's a kid, so it's easier for her to say, like, you do this, therefore you are bad, where she's blaming Marie specifically for not wanting her to come to her house when it's, like, objectively, you wouldn't be able to. You've learned how black people are treated there. Yeah, I I agree that she, it shouldn't have been such a big deal that she wouldn't have been invited to South Africa because it, she should know that if she were to go there, she would not be treated well. And not because Mari is not a 
wonderful friend and good person, but because it's not a good country for black people to be in. So she kind of blames all of that on Mari, which is not kind of fair to to her. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, I think it, it places a little bit of responsibility onto Mari as well. That's like, hey, if you want me to be ever be able to visit your country, you are going to have to be kind of responsible for changing some things. It's a lot to ask of a teenage girl. I'm having trouble deciding if... I think it's an important story to tell, but they wrap it up so cleanly. And I feel like it's kind of does a disservice to the story, almost. Like, I feel like maybe this was it was a great movie but i feel like maybe it was too much for disney to cover because they tried to toe the line of making it digestible for kids and telling this story but in doing that they have to put it with kind of rose tinted glasses because Mm -hmm. like i said before piper assumes that marie went back to south africa and died and in the movie it kind of gives the the impression that she went back to south africa she was like all for ending the apartheid and for not just non-white people in general to, it looks like she would have been a shepherd for that cause when really if that, if she were to do that, especially in a house where her dad is a police officer, that wouldn't have ended well, like at all. Yeah. I feel like the, the way it ended made it feel like uh, Mari was representative of all of South Africa. And the fact that she changed her mind is now suddenly South Africa is a better place and that's just not true. She's leaving America with a a new worldview and she's going back to the same place where the same atrocities are happening and it's still a terrible situation and she's just a 14-year-old girl and what can she do yeah. but sew a flag into her jacket and hope her parents never find it. And like the movie's credits end with like uh, apartheid ended. We're all cool, right? Like which, it's a Disney movie, so they can't go into, like, oh, by the way, that little blonde girl died. But that's part of the story. I th- I don't know. I think it ended okay. for it's, The whole movie still had an impact on me. Uh, yeah, I think, the, I think the point of this movie was less to educate about apartheid and more to educate about how we are all people and friendship has no color. <laughs> oh. Um. <laughs> well, as and we don't even know that much about the story. Did she die? We don't she, know. Like, we don't. Uh, her because she couldn't change things. No, they like, they that... they lost communication because she was in South Africa. Like, it, and yeah. this was in the seventies. It's not like they had Skype where they could talk every day. It was. Yeah. She left that home, and they never. They never maintained contact, so... Maybe she felt so guilty that she couldn't change things and she just had to live kind of with the way things were in order to stay alive that she couldn't ever bring herself to talk to her friend again. We just... We don't know what happened to her is the story. That's right. I I like like the symbolic bird flying away Mm -hmm. (laughs) ending. I think even at the end, if there was some maybe conversation with flora or something yeah i think yeah i think they could have used flora more i think that would have been a good way to like make it optimistic but realistic it really kind of showed me how vapid and like 
pointless all, a lot of the other Disney <laughs> movies have been. I guess the the biggest thing I learned was like when you have two opposing sides, you both have to enter in willing to kind of learn something from each other. I learned that friendship has no color. Um, no, that's dumb. Yeah, I feel like I kind of just want to piggyback on Josh's lesson here that it it takes two people willing to set aside their differences to change minds. You can't go in with an aggressive stance against the people that you, you feel opposed to because they're going to feel defensive. You you have to come with an understanding of both sides' viewpoints, and that's how you're going to change minds, and that's how you're going to make progress. Even if you feel like you're on the right side of an argument, you can come at things with the wrong sort of attitude. You just have to be aware that you you have expectations and the other person also has expectations and you kind of have to set those aside and meet each other in the middle in order to come to a conclusion. The lesson I learned, we all still have a lot of work to do. Like the things shown in this movie and this that I could see parallels to in modern day American life, like stuff that's still relevant now, like censorship and racism and stereotypes and everything. And that things aren't great and we can all just keep trying. Like things slowly get better and it can feel hopeless at times, but it just takes a lot of good people sticking to their ideals. I think it was a strong movie, even outside of being an important movie. I think it was a strong movie, especially in terms of like the decoms that we've done. I think the acting was well done. The writing was incredible. Like the, the direction, all of it was just really well done. I think it was a well done movie and sure it had its faults. There were some things I wish it had brought up, but it, it just wasn't the right audience for it. And there was, but I feel like as far as the decoms that we've watched, it's one of the strongest movies, if not the strongest, just standalone outside of the subject matter. I'd give it a 10. I think it's the strongest movie we've seen so far. I'd give it a nine and a half, uh, just because I don't give tens. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're um, the worst professor. <laughs> yes. Nine point nine. Um, I would say this not only met my expectations for what it was, but it exceeded them. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Re- I didn't even remember it being this good, and I didn't really have any problems with it. I'm going to give it. I think an eight. <laughs> I feel like I really enjoyed it. I think the script was really strong. Music was really strong. The acting was really strong. I just feel like it kind of chickened out. It towed right up to the line of making Mm -hmm. a very profound statement, but ultimately didn't. Like, it was already kind of pushing a touchy subject, and it didn't didn't quite do it for me. I wish they would have gone just, just a little bit farther. Like I said, maybe not necessarily saying, like, hey, she's bad, but I wish it wouldn't have portrayed everything in such a like hey we're all good now and then like putting the bullets at the end like apartheid end and not i just feel like it kind of did a disservice a little bit i think it was an important lesson but overall like they just towed the line too much and they just stepped a little bit back i can see where you're coming from there that was this episode guys yeah that was intense Uh, what's up next alley cat strike 
We've already recorded that episode. We had to go a little bit out of order because we had a very special guest for it. So, yeah, so Lori's not going to, Lori will not guess what happened in Alley Cat Strike because we've already watched it, discussed it to death. Um, but I can guess that we have an excellent host who's a, who's a lot of fun to talk with. Yes, our host is phenomenal. You guys are in for a treat. All right, you guys, thanks for listening to We're Potting This Together. Next week, we'll be taking a look at Alley Cat Strike. If you have any questions, comments, or memories of your favorite Disney Channel original movie, you can find us on social media or email us at pottinthistogether at gmail.com. If you like what you heard, don't forget to leave a review or subscribe. Later!